Hello, everybody. Welcome to this installment of the Work Well Podcast. I'm Joe Reese. I'm your host. And my guest today is Melissa Silva, the CEO of El Burrito Mercado, Inc., correct? Yes. Um, Melissa is a St. Paul native as well, and um, one of the, um, I, I guess El Burrito is a, a very, I, I say prominent, uh, icon here in St. Paul, and um, for those that, that don't know it, uh, Melissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, El Burrito? Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Um, so El Burrito, I'll start with the story of uh, a brief summary of El Burrito Mercado is a, a marketplace that specializes in Mexican and Latino uh, grocery, meat, deli, catering, restaurant. There's a bar, a patio, and we have a food truck. And um, it started in 1979 by my parents, Tomas and Maria Silva, immigrants from Aguascalientes, Mexico. And um, they took over an existing little uh, uh, market that was 800 square feet. And um, they have a really cool story. Um, it's on our website. But um, they did a lot to grow the business, um, you know, 40-some years later um, to, to the location that we're at now, which is um, over 14,000 square feet, where I now run it with... Um, my sister and my niece and my brother runs the food truck and um, concessions and festival stands. So <clears throat> it's still family owned and operated. It's still um, and now all women owned, you know, before it was Tomas and Maria, my parents, and now they've, um, they've retired and are enjoying life at home in their garden and their grandkids. And, um, and the three of us are, are working hard at the store. As for myself, um, first born generation, um, born and raised in St. Paul. I went to school here in St. Paul. I um, I keep always a lot of my hashtags for my poster, St. Paul, hashtag St. Paul girl. <laughs> um, but I'm not a true Minnesotan because I don't love the snow. I don't love the winters. Um, but no, I um, born and raised here, went to St. Thomas, had several internships, um, mostly focused around diversity and inclusion, multicultural initiatives, um, and ultimately ended up finding that the best platform I had to drive that passion and continue to carry that um, vision of, of unity and multiculturalism, um, being more accepted and integrated into our society, has been through our family business. And so um, that's where I... Um, Ended up at, I have my significant other, uh, Armando, and we have two daughters, Alejandra and Julia, now uh, graduated from uh, from school, from college, and uh, great daughters, and um, also kind of in and out of the family business. But um, in a nutshell, that is uh, my background in El Burrito. Nice. So you, you, you touched on the um, kind of the beginning of things. And and where with with your mom and dad starting the business and um, moving from a small shop into a, a I mean it's a really it's a large large building um, as a as a daughter did you always have um, interest in the business or did you, is it something that you kind of accumulated mm -hmm. as your you saw your parents getting older and then kind of wondering about what's next for mm -hmm. the business or mm -hmm. is, is it something that you just kind of like they 
they say, yeah. here, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, you know, we, I definitely always, I, mean, I was eight years old when they, I'm aging myself now, but I was eight years old when, um, hey, I've been announcing it. I'm 50 and proud. <laughs> um, just recently into that, my friends keep saying, welcome to the 50th chapter in life. Um, no, I, I definitely um, grew up in the business as a little girl around it. And I, I'm trying to remember if I actually ever said, like, I'm going to, work here forever this is gonna be mine I don't ever ha remember having that I think I always had um that comfort in knowing like that was it because it always felt like my other home because after school I didn't really go home I went to El Burrito and and then as I got older I cashiered after school and that kind of thing um but I think it was later I think it was it was later when I when they grew into the location that we're at now and they added the restaurant and the deli and then um that I saw the potential for this growth. And as I was in, in college and, you know, having my own experiences, I was able to bring El Burrito with me. And so I think that's when I, I you know, I, I was, like I said, I kind of went back and forth working at other places and then ultimately ended up there. But I think it wasn't until later um, that I actually realized like, oh, wait, this, I could actually work here and there's a lot of potential. And, and I did. I mean, that's when I got involved with we started the catering and, you know, we did private label things. We did a lot of other, ventured into a lot of other things that being the entrepreneurial family we are. But um, I don't remember at a young age thinking, right. like, this is, I want to be here forever. Mm -hmm. I know I used to play cashier. <laughs> <laughs> we used to set up our own little store in the basement of our oh, store. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. Too funny. Yeah, you, t you, um, you talk about the... Um, the, the different roles within that that business, um, I mean, th there's, I mean, so many elements that go into running a business in general, but a business like yours that is, um, what, grocery, restaurant, bar, mm -hmm. um, deli, mm -hmm. you know, how difficult is that to, um, I mean, your mind has to always be, on, on, on go, right? Yeah, yeah it's definitely <laughs> a squirrel in here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say is the most difficult part of, of running something like that? You're right that it's, it's, it is very complex. Um, and we take, and I take wholeheartedly and with a lot of pride, each, uh, each of those areas of the way we break down the mercado and to go back a little bit in the history of why it's even set up like that is, um, when you go to a mercado in Mexico, um, they're huge, right? They're like, there's other mercados in the, in the country here, even in the U.S. that now kind of have a similar feeling. Like if you go to L.A., you know, San Diego, and even Minneapolis, there's Mercado Central. Um, that they're kind of, you know, it's a big marketplace that's set up with, um, you can get your groceries, your toiletries, your uh, meats. You can sit down and eat like very, you know, it's that comida corrida where it's like, you know, there's a little stand where you go <clears throat> and you get your food and you eat right there and you're, but it's go, it's like going right. And there's the, the bakery, the panaderia and stuff. And so my, that's what my parents wanted to do with the mercado. And so like the cafeteria line style we have is, you know, uh, uh, everything is kind of a, uh, a Minnesotan version or replica of um, a mercado that you would experience in Mexico. And, um, so keeping that in mind when it really just started out as a small, uh, as a, ultimately as a, as a store to provide ingredients for um, immigrants and or for people who just enjoy Mexican food. And back in the day here in Minnesota, you really couldn't right. find that product. Um, 
now it's just it's compartmentalizing you know and and um that's really the only way we can manage it and we split it up i mean thankfully there's three of us mm. and so we we um you know we're all three have our our, our ownership roles but then we also each have our own responsibilities within and to be honest we're really blessed to have an amazing team of leadership there that um have been with us for years and um, we have very little turnover when it comes to our, our leadership team and um, and they do an amazing job. Like they really own their, their departments, but, sure. um, and I don't think without them, I, you know, it's, you have to have a team. I mean, yeah. it's just, and it has to, um, I think it's where, where it starts. And I think my parents did a great job of doing that when they were, um, involved. And then, you know, um, as we came in, we've kind of created also our own team, but, um, I would say the most difficult part is, is that is like remaining kind of compartmentalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping, because it can get so, it is so intertwined, but like, it's really important that our panaderia represents a true panaderia and that the bread is traditional and that the flavors are, um, off scratch, you know, and same thing with our cooking. And so that's our biggest department, right? Is the restaurant and the catering and the Mm -hmm. deli. And so, um, remaining true to uh, our vision of just being that, you know, home cooked Mexican food that. If I go to your tia's or your abuelita's house, that's the kind of food you're going to eat, sure. you know, and that's that's who we are. And, and so right. keeping that essence in every area is probably really it's really challenging. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, w- I would imagine that's um, tough to to keep under control because uh, f- with so much growth, you know, happening all the time, um, you kind of were heading into exactly what I was going to ask next was which is um, how do you how do you, how difficult is it to kind of stay true to your original vision or or not necessarily vision, but like what it embraces to be El Burrito Mercado Mm -hmm. um, from where your parents started it to what, what is now a bigger, a a bigger element and a, um, a a larger reaching, Mm -hmm. you know, um, establishment than, than it was. Yeah. Um, you know, it. I think it's easier. It's gotten easier, but it's been because of some really um, difficult. I should say difficult, challenging adventures that we've taken um, throughout these forty some years. You know, we've had different businesses that no longer exist. Um, I don't consider them failures. I consider them as part of kind of our growth to like honestly coming back to that. To that, who are we? Like, let's. Why do we keep, you know, we, these different opportunities would arise and we would take them and we'd run with them. And, and they were successful in their moments. And then, you know, things happened and they, we had to close them down. Mm-hmm. But the, at the end, we always, we kind of, you know, kind of come back to this home place, Vel Burrito, mm-hmm. on the west side of St. Paul, where Tomas and Maria immigrated and settled into. Mm-hmm. And why did they, why did they have a, why did my mom start the, the store? Because she was missing Mexican food. You know, my dad was going to Chicago and bringing product and stocking the shelves that way. And so it's just, you know, and then why did we start the cooking and the bakery? And, and so it's just throughout all of those experiences. And even now with, um, you know, we're all being creative in, in ways to come back that we're trying to come back for, through this pandemic mm-hmm. and, or, you know, refinding ourselves, um, and different opportunities have, uh, have arisen and we're like, you know, we explore them, but then it's, um, it's always kind of just, there's always this like pulling inside of me. That's like, no, this is where we need to stay. Mm-hmm. This is where we need to put our focus, our energy. Um, 
not because uh, some of the other things we've done haven't su- haven't succeeded or they're no longer wrong, but because this is where where it all started. And it feels like sure. I think this is where it'll all end. But um, so to your to your question though, I think it's been a process to now it's easier to do that. And you know, I see a lot of amazing things happening in the Twin Cities with the Latino community, especially in the growth that there's been over the years. Um, and, um, and it's exciting and I see that. And even that is, is a good reminder of like, okay, yes, there's all these different ways that we can expand on Mexican sure. and Latino, but I, I still want to be that place that when you come here, you remember Mexico, you remember Latino America, mm-hmm. you remember going to abuelitas and eating this, you know, this guisado or these tamales or what, you know? So, um, that's, that's for me what it is. And, um, just kind of that coming home place. Sure. I think you guys do a great job of, of holding true to that. When you walk in those doors, um, it just feels homely, you know, and, and it, you can tell that there's love behind it and there is a story behind it. It's not just another restaurant that you walk into. Yeah, you know, it's good. not just <laughs> another another store that you walk into. Mm-hmm. It's um, something that means a lot more than that. Um, when you, you talked about um, the struggles with covid and obviously every restaurant business, everybody's been affected by it. Yeah. How difficult has it been? Um, I, I go back a little bit to that, like the heart of it. Mm-hmm. How difficult was that? And how did you bounce or, or start to bounce mm-hmm. back from that? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I feel like we're, I, I still, I feel like we're still in a little bit of mm-hmm. like survival mode for, um, you know, and I think it's, we still have a long road ahead of us. Um, but, it, you know, again, I'm really blessed that we have this team that really came together. And everybody's first um, instinct was each other. Like, how do we stay safe? And sure. how do we? And we did that as a family, even my sister, my niece and I, you know, like, wh- what do we want to do? What can we what are we comfortable doing here? Um, and so, you know, we we came up with a plan for the three of us as far as work schedules and, you know, making sure that mm-hmm. we're keeping each other safe so that we can continue to run. Did you find yourself um, working, I guess, more hours? Because... No, no. no we actually, we, we try to um, set, keep it a little less, precisely because we're, at the time, obviously, there was no, we weren't talking vaccines. We didn't right. know what was happening. Yeah. We heard people were getting sick and dying and mm-hmm. or being hospitals and we thought, well, what if all three of us, you know, got it? And so um, then what happens with the business? And mm-hmm. so it was more of a, um, we need to keep each other safe as well. And sure. so, um, but, you know, then fast forward, that was the initial reaction. But then you fast forward a few months and then we're definitely, <laughs> it felt like, I think we were there seven days a week, maybe not full days, but mm-hmm. definitely seven days a week. And there's always something, you know, whether it's because people were getting sick and we're modifying schedules or, sure. um, you know, I mean, I think we all we've heard all the stories about you know the, the implementing the mask wearing and trying to enforce that in a grocery store, you mm-hmm. know, in a community where not everybody's first language is English, and you know, it's just it, it was it was a headache. It was yeah. you know, I felt bad for my staff. We ended up hiring like we, we named it a door attendant, and we didn't hire outside. We transferred you know servers were sure. being door attendants, and you know everybody. It was another way for us to keep um, people employed, yeah. but. Um, it was it was it was a challenge, you know. We um, we converted everything to online, so I'm kind of moving on to how we responded to it. Is uh, we did online shopping. We still provide that and curbside pickup, uh, restaurant sales um, for to go picked up. We did um, like margarita and michelada making mm-hmm. kits um, sure. that people could buy, and so you know we we jumped on the bandwagon with all that immediately and are still doing that. 
Um, I feel like the restaurant, the cafe, so we have two parts to the restaurant. One is like cafeteria line, casual, mm -hmm. like you go through the line, order your food. Um, and then there's the El Cafe bar where you can sit down and order from the menu and have <clears throat> some cocktails. <clears throat> Excuse me. And th that, the restaurant side, as soon as the patio season ended, the restaurant side is just, honestly, mm. it's like plunketed. It's just, yeah. it's really. Have people been in, been going back to the pickup and They're still doing, there's, yeah. there's the, yeah, the pickup is, is picking up <laughs> and the uh, cafe line, that's been more consistent for us. And it's a lot of to-go. There's a lot of takeout. Mm -hmm. um, they're coming in and, you know, and getting it. But, um, you know, weekends are still great, but weekdays were really struggling. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's that point where you're, like you're seeing other restaurants, they're, cutting back on hours or they're closing all together and yep. only doing takeout. And I hope we don't get to that point, but you know, it can, we all know restaurants, it, it really slows down January, February. And so, um, like I said, as soon as the patio closed, we just saw a drastic, um, change in, in the, in the cafe bar. So we're trying different things still. I don't, I don't, you know, want to keep my staff employed. Um, you know, even if it's part-time, but mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're, so we're, we're still, we're still struggling with this, you know, this yeah. wasn't, um, to this extreme as it was, you know, pre-pandemic. So um, it's still scary times. Yeah, definitely. Still definitely, you know, we're still thinking, like, what is what is next? You know, what what can we do? And yeah, so much uncertainty. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yep. As, a, as a woman CEO and, and a Latina woman at that, what would you say is the most difficult part of uh, business for you living in the Twin Cities? Um, I always feel like I'm missing out. I get joked around about FOMO, that I have horrible FOMO. <laughs> I get teased <laughs> a lot, but not that kind of FOMO. Um, um, I feel like there's this, I, st I feel like there's this group of, um, and, and this might be my, my imagination, I don't know, that there's this group of people, of, of business people and bus even women, that seem to have access or information more readily yeah. yeah and I always feel like I'm on that outskirt or like the last to know kind mm -hmm. of thing and I don't know enough um <clears throat> other especially in the Twin Cities I mean there's like a few that have, I'm seeing and really admiring that are, are, are kicking butt in in their restaurants as Latina um owner you know entrepreneurs um that I'd like to connect with more because, you know, I'm, I am asking myself like, this can't just be me. Like there's, I think there's a lack mm -hmm. of resource and information. And it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Sure. Um, I try and put myself out there and I reach out to people that are, you know, not just POC because I want, I want to know like, what am I missing? Yeah. Like why I see other businesses that maybe, you know, similar setup or similar styles. And mm -hmm. I'm like, there's, you know, and, um, I, you start hearing and seeing these these um, accessibility or to to programs or funds and programs and um, and that you know I'm I'm finding that I have to do a lot of that digging myself and I don't know if that's if that's true for a lot of uh, but I, I, it feels like that might be something that's just you know in, in minority business um, ownership in general mm. um, so I hope and I see there's more programs there's more outreach um, there are there are programs out there that are specifically working with minority-owned business, and I'm grateful for them. One of them is like Mita, for example, that will send information. So I get emails or there's community-based banks that, sure. um, you know, that are, that will reach out and send that information as well. The big banks definitely 
nada, yeah. <laughs> not getting anything. So I rely on those and, and you know, and, and, and a lot of the nonprofit organizations, you know, we have LEDC um, also great at sending out information that works specifically with Latino communities. Yeah. So um, those are the sources that I have for programs, assistance, um, consulting, contracting, um, you know, I, I guess that's that's where I find and still feel that I'm navigating. Yeah, I think it's um, an interesting landscape here in Minnesota mm-hmm. altogether. It's, um, I think, just in general, by nature, Minnesota is very clicky. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and that's just uh, that's just the way we are. But sad but true. <laughs> yes, but I think there's just there's so much room for collaboration, and uh, I mean. Mm-hmm. there's enough to go around for everybody that mm-hmm. I think if more businesses start to work together, I think um, everybody can come out of this pandemic even yeah. even greater than, than before. Um, one of the things I love about uh, El Burrito is the history of it and the fact that uh, most people from, well, everybody from St. Paul knows who you guys are. But when you think of uh, longstanding businesses and restaurants, you, you think of um, Cassettas. Mm-hmm. They've been around forever. Uh, but that's an ode to the kind of uh, the, the old West Side or uh, old St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And then you think of El Burrito, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. that, that goes back to old St. Paul and the old West Side. And, but both are, are both kind of historical Minnesota cultural icons mm-hmm. you know um and very similar mm-hmm. actually um mm-hmm. you guys kind of uh switched roles in a, in a little bit by uh, you expanding into the restaurant side and them expanding yeah. their grocery side yeah and, but it's uh it's very cool to see that both of those iconic uh places grew and were able to grow so much and, and sustain it. Yeah. Um, what, what are some things that you're doing? Um, and, and, and I know personally you as a, uh, I, I always tell my clients that as a business owner, you are the brand, you are a brand. And I, I've noticed that you've kind of, um, you've done a good job of, uh, of doing that. And being the face, not necessarily the face of the brand, but being, letting mm-hmm. it be known that, I mean, this is your baby. This mm-hmm. is this is you, but you're all you are that brand. So you've done a good job on on social media of building that up, and I think that can help you uh, moving forward into bigger things for your for your own personal brand. Um, so I think uh, that's a good way to kind of not only build. El Burrito's image mm-hmm. and, and, and persona within the Twin Cities, but also just your you as a, a brand where you can kind of branch off into a totally different realm. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for saying that and for the encouragement because definitely that's also new, the social media mm-hmm. piece and marketing for um, I, what I still consider a small um, immigrant-started business. I love seeing the growth of um, Latino businesses on social media mm-hmm. also. Um, but to know that we were kind of pioneer in that and that it was something that I just, I loved. Like when, <laughs> when social media, when Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, all of it um, kind of exploded, it was a platform for us to 
um, reach out to a, a completely different market. And, yeah. and now, you know, it's not just home to Mexicanos and Latinos that miss those flavors from their home homeland or from just, you know, they're, they're busy and they can't cook at home. They can come and get it there. Mm-hmm. It's also just non-Latinos um, that have. And so uh, social media has definitely been a platform for for that, for us to expand the business outreach. And um, as far as, as you know, myself, <laughs> putting myself out there, maybe at first it started with like, nobody else is doing it. Nobody else seems to love doing it as much as I do. So I'm just going to run with this. And then, and I, and I do, and I, and I love it. And you're right. It is my, it's, it's my home. It's, it's, yeah. you know, I, I, it's hard to imagine. I don't even, you know, I've been asked like, what do you think you would have done if you didn't have El Burrito? I'm like, I have no clue. Like, <laughs> I was eight years old when this started. I don't know. Like, it's just, I've always, as much as I kind of came and go from, um, come and go from it, I, I, I always come back to, to it. And it's now it's just a part of who yeah. I am. Sometimes, you know, life just has a way of uh, putting you where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely very easy to lose sight of that. Yep. But through all the madness and, and mayhem, um, Mm-hmm. The 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 benefits from it all mm-hmm. always outweigh yeah. everything else. Yeah, you know? listen to your intuition, mm-hmm. listen to that gut, and what your heart's telling you. Because I'm I'm happy. You know, I love mm-hmm. what what I do. I'm not a I'm not a. I mean, I'm, I'm I consider myself successful, and I'm, I I do well, and I work hard, and I play hard. But it's mm-hmm. it's and there was a lot of sacrifice, and there was a lot of. But when you when you're willing to do that, it's kind of like your heart just um, goes along with it. And you can't run from that. Like mm-hmm. you can't, as my, I tried, I mean, I did, <laughs> I, yeah. I tried adventuring and I tried di- different types of opportunities. And at the end, um, my heart was just always there. So it's just, I always tell people like, you know, just listen to that. If there's something calling you, try it, you know, and oh, if at yeah, first you don't definitely. succeed, <laughs> try again. Yeah. No. What, what are some things that, um, What's new at El Burrito, and what what are some things that you're trying out that uh, you haven't before with the business? So um, we're for 2022. We're uh, heavily focused right now on improving and investing in um, more uh, um, professional video and um, website type um, improvements. Um, that's an area that we've kind of just always had something, but just because we knew we had to have it. Um, without really understanding, um, and I'm not, that's not my language, but the, the professionals know like the SEOs and all the different analytics and the, the um, opportunities to grow from um, really venturing into that side of the business. So really getting a handle on our uh, tech side and um, I don't know, for lack of a better word, just our online presence and how mm-hmm. to grow business through those platforms. And um, the other piece is um, we're, we're, in the midst of looking at a, a, remo- a complete redo of the restaurant line. So what's been, it's been you know, 20, 26 years now in that building and wow. yeah, I know. And so it, it, it needs, it's, it's wearing down. It needs some TLC and we're, we're going to use the opportunity to um, just make it um, a whole different approach. I think, I think some customers are going to struggle with um, accepting it and some are going to love it. <laughs> so Changes modernize it. Yeah, <laughs> it'll definitely be a change, but uh, we'll make it as user-friendly as possible and still as welcoming as possible and keeping, again, true to kind of who we are and what um, our mercado is. So those are the two areas of focus for us, though, that we're really um, excited for entering in uh, 2022. Nice. Yeah. I saw right now you guys are doing some um, 
was it secret envelope giveaways? Yeah, yep. Uh, so what, with purchases, or how does that work? Yeah, so come into El Burrito, to the, to the El Cafe bar, and this is, again, to drive sales and um, uh, activity in the restaurant, sit down side. Um, you go in, spend at least $15, so, I mean, that's, you know, it's easily a taco dinner and a margarita. Right, right. Um, and you get a secret envelope, it's sealed. You don't, you take it with you, do not open it, come back sometime in January with it sealed, make another minimum $15 purchase or um, just make your order and you place your order with your server, open it in front of your server. And then there's um, each envelope has a different prize and it ranges from cash prizes to a free entree, free dessert, free margarita, um, a free TV, um, uh, you know, a a gift card of a hundred dollars. Like, so different, there's different prizes in there. So, um, and they can use it like that day. They can use it for, if it's, get a free entree, you can use it to pay. If you get cash, you use it towards your dinner. So, yeah. yeah, So we're, we're hoping it brings, um, people in now. And then also of course in January when things kind (laughs) of get crazy slow. So yeah. yeah, So come on in and, uh, get your secret envelope. (laughs) Definitely. Where can, uh, what's your website? El Burrito STP, for St. Paul, elburritostp.com. Excellent. And yeah. on social media, you can find El Burrito Mercado on all platforms. Yeah, yeah. follow so, us on the socials for sure. Yeah. Melissa, thank you so much for coming in today. I'll let you get going here. I've uh, held you up for uh, long <laughs> enough. But uh, we appreciate you coming in. Thank you, everybody, for checking us out. If you're watching this on Facebook, give us a like and a share, and check out the podcast on all platforms streaming.